Hello and welcome to episode 11 of All About Fostering, the podcast from the Fostering Network. My name is David Egborough. This episode, we'll be talking about our Keep Connected campaign and the Keep Connected principles. We'll be hearing from a foster carer about her attempt to stay in contact with her foster child once he had moved on from her care, as well as the views of social workers who themselves were in foster care about their experiences of children and foster carers staying connected. But first, I asked the Fostering Network's Campaigns and Engagement Officer, Izzy Roberts, about the Keep Connected campaign as a whole. Keep Connected is our campaign to make sure that children and young people don't lose the relationships that are important to them just because they have to move, whether that be within or out of care, back to birth family or on to adoption or another foster carer. The latest research and attachment theory shows that losing these important relationships can be really, really damaging to children and can really affect the way that they build relationships in the future. So that's why the campaign is so important to set children up for healthy relationships going forward. We know it's a massive issue for foster carers and for children in foster care. 28% of foster carers told us in our State of the Nation survey that they've been prevented from keeping in contact with the child that they have fostered. This means relationships are being broken on a really huge scale. The most likely group to have stopped that contact going on would be a social worker, the local authority or the fostering service. That's why for the next step in our campaign, we're calling on these groups to endorse our principles and change the way they practice to stop relationships being broken unnecessarily. Our survey also revealed that more than half of foster carers received no support at all in maintaining contact with the children that they'd fostered and only 15% got a great deal or a lot of support. That's why these principles are so important to change the culture within services. So what do two social workers who themselves have been looked after in the care system make of the shift towards encouraging children and young people to maintain their relationships with their former foster carers after they've moved on? Here's Sue, followed by Selena. I think it's benefited foster carers in that it has enabled them to, to maintain their relationships with children when they move on. It's also, I think, helped doctors to understand the significance of the relationship of the foster care with the child and how that isn't a threat to the adopter's relationship with the child. Obviously it can be difficult because you know once a child is placed for adoption and the the order is granted then obviously the adoptive parents do hold PR and the department no longer does so. So whilst we don't have any legal powers to, to make that happen I think the fact that we've formed the relationships to start with between carers and adopters that has helped to some extent to for adopters to see the importance of it and to commit to it to some level and if the adopter or the new carer can see the previous foster carer as a source of support they're more likely to keep in touch i was basically um looked after from the age of nine up until the age of 18 um, and now I've kind of moved on in my life and, and, and becoming an adult. The, the carers that looked after me, you know, have always seen me through everything. And I don't know how I'd cope without them. Um, and I know not, of, not a lot of young people are able to still have that support. But even as a professional, I've had situations where children's social workers have said to me, this child and the carer are too close. You know, she was really worried about it. Um, and worried about when they moved on, how that child would be able to cope. 
but for me we should never be apprehensive about a, a child being happy you know and feeling secure that should be something that we really do want I think in my whole time of being qualified for about six years now, I don't think I've ever had a time where, like a social worker said, oh, yeah, you know what, let's think about ongoing contact on a long-term basis. It's never been a conversation. The long-term benefits is, for me, for example, now, as an adult, I kind of just feel as though, even though I'm an adult, I still need that security, you know. Everybody still needs that person there, you know, and... I've had children of my own and my, they've been there as a family, you know. We've celebrated, they call. And whenever I have an issue, you know, childcare related about something, the nappy or anything or a rash, she'll automatically tell me about, because she's like, almost like a Wonder Woman, it seemed, when I was younger and still now. A lot, a lot more needs to be done to utilise those people who have been there for that child and young person, because at the moment it's just not happening. A good example of that not happening comes from our next contributor, Christina, a single foster carer who looked after a 10-year-old boy for 14 months before it was decided that he needed a fostering household with two carers due to the challenging behaviours he was demonstrating. Here's Christina. I was told, and it was in the plan, that I would be ongoing part of his extended family and have regular contact. So the day he left, here we had a discussion the family the new family and myself and him about when we would see each other but then as soon as he'd moved in I was told there would be no contact whatsoever I was shocked and bereft and couldn't understand how they could come to that conclusion because I'd done all the transitioning with the family and I could only see it as a positive thing for him and he had such a happy life um, here and he it was what helped him with the transition, the thought that he would not be losing anything. And then all of a sudden he's lost, it felt like everything, you know, because he had friendships in the neighbourhood as well. He was still at the same school, but then his behaviour was so disruptive that he was having to be removed from that class and they put him into a different class away from all the friends he'd developed over the entire time he'd been with me. They found him another family and that family had been in my position. So they rang me and said that he's been begging them to speak to me. And I, when, I, when he moved, I gave him a photo album with all my contact information in it. So I had a conversation with him, with him saying that he's trying to get come back and live with me. And so I spoke to the social worker again. They said that we could have contact. So the new carers brought him to my house. And, you know, he was just went through every drawer and every room and... I'm sorry, I just feel emotional now. Um, I'm just... Uh, it was just so desperate to... Because it just created so much trauma in him, not being able to just come back here. I, I found it quite traumatising myself as a grown woman, uh, so I just can't even begin to imagine how difficult it must be for him. Because older children have their own phones and they can contact people, but a child of that is that he doesn't have any way of ringing anybody that he wants to speak to, unless it's enabled by his carers. I asked Christina why she feels it's important for foster children and young people to stay in touch with their former foster carers. I think it actually would help a child bond more because then it's not such a risk to bond. You know, if even if they move, that they haven't lost anything. They've that relationship that they've built is still there and still growing, rather than they've lost everything. It's it's too extreme. 
you know, because, you know, he's already lost his original family and he'd moved carers before coming to me and he'd lost his siblings in contact with them. So it was just like a, 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 a too much overload of loss. The child is the most important thing in this. A child in that position, it's, it's very easy for them to feel like there's something wrong with them. At the same time, for foster carers to want to carry on fostering, because you're investing and, and you love a child, you don't want to stop a foster carer doing that to protect their own self either. If the foster carer knows that that will be an ongoing relationship, even when that child's moved on to another world, another life, that's that's a, a healthy emotional experience for the foster carer too, and a support for the foster carer to go on and love another child without the fear of having the heart broken again. But luckily I've got a really good um, social worker now who's just persuaded me to carry on and it's helped me to have other foster children to focus on. So there's clearly a need for more guidance in regards to how relationships can be best maintained and nurtured. And that's where the Keep Connected principles come in. As Izzy explains... The principles are a set of seven commitments that fostering services and local authorities can make so that they're following best practice in helping children maintain their important relationships. They include statements such as birth family and adopters should be encouraged and supported to enable their children to maintain contact with former foster families. And it also covers things about consulting children where possible to make sure that they're at the heart of the decisions being made about them. So what are the next steps for fostering services in terms of concrete actions that can be taken? The most important thing that services can do is sign up to the principles, endorse them and make sure that their policies and practices are enabling foster carers to keep in contact with those children that they've looked after. We'd also love to hear from anyone whose service is doing something particularly innovative or supporting foster carers really well to keep in contact once the children move on. Thanks to Izzy for her explanation and, of course, to Sue, Selina and Christina for sharing their thoughts and experiences. You can read more about Selina's story in her blog, which is called A Mum and a Social Worker But Still Keeping Connected, which is on our website. Fostering services can endorse the Keep Connected principles on their websites, their social media channels and in their policies and practices. The principles can be found on our website at the Fostering Network org.uk forward slash keep hyphen connected along with further details of the campaign our website also holds information about our other campaigns and how you can become a part of our regular campaigners group as well as details of how to become a member of the fostering network and the associated benefits and exclusive discounts it's also the best place to find information about fostering and how to become a foster carer be sure to listen to other episodes of All About Fostering. They can all be found on your podcast provider by searching All About Fostering or at thefosteringnetwork.org.uk forward slash podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this one, why not tell a friend about it or share a link on social media? The music in this podcast is called Heartwarming by Kevin McLeod and that's available at incompetech.com. Thanks for listening.